Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was charged with the reckless homicide of Joseph Rosenbaum, the intentional homicide of Anthony Huber, and the attempted intentional homicide of Gage Grosskreutz. As Rittenhouse was the undisputed shooter of all three men, his legal team argued that the shootings were in self-defense. On our last episode, we took a look at arguments outside the presence of the jury over the admissibility of video evidence taken by Kristen T. Harris, an independent alternative radio personality. On today's episode, Prosecutor Thomas Binger continues his examination of the trial's third witness, Detective Martin Howard, one of the two lead investigators of the shootings on August 25, 2020. During his examination of Detective Howard, Binger introduces as evidence a series of video clips from numerous sources, presumably for the purpose of providing the jury with a comprehensive series of views from different perspectives of the events leading up to the shootings and of the shootings themselves. We will continue our examination of Detective Howard's testimony right after the break. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. After Judge Bruce Schrader renders his second admonishment of Prosecutor Binger for trying to introduce what he has deemed hearsay evidence, the jury returns to the courtroom and Detective Martin Howard once again takes the witness stand. Binger again offers two video clips from Kristen Harris, host of the independent radio program The Rundown Live. And while these videos include sound, they do not include Harris' commentary that Judge Schrader ruled inadmissible. The first clip shows Kyle Rittenhouse pulling a dumpster from Sheridan Road toward the car source property at 59th Street. We hear a voice from behind the camera, presumably Kristen Harris, shouting at Rittenhouse. I understand. Hey, hey, your job isn't to be in the street. You got to stay on your property. That's why you got problems already with people. No one bothering your property. Don't 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 look for trouble over there. No. A medic? I know you are, but like they got their own medics. You know, if somebody's close by, take care of them. I know you're just trying to make peace. I get that, but they don't look at it that way. They look at you guys as it's 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 a different. It's as much as you guys were afraid of them before they marched down here. I know, but. While Prosecutor Binger never articulates what is happening in the clip, nor does he indicate who is speaking, Harris appears to be warning Rittenhouse to stay on the property that he is guarding, suggesting that by leaving the property, Rittenhouse is asking for trouble. Rittenhouse appears to respond that he is a medic, and Harris appears to reaffirm the warning. While one might presume that Binger is using the video to suggest that the defendant was aware that his drifting from the car source property could be perceived as provocation, the prosecutor never asks the witness for any context for the video, nor does he offer the court or the jury any such context or evidentiary reason for introducing the clip. 
he simply moves on to another Harris clip that includes audio. In the next Harris clip, we see the same group of armed individuals standing in front of a boarded up building, presumably the 59th Street car source store. The camera pans to the street to find two armored vehicles called Bearcats with police lights flashing and spotlights beaming. We hear a voice over a loudspeaker from one of the Bearcats offering water, presumably to the individuals guarding the car source. And we see and hear Rittenhouse appear to take up the offer and walk into the street. We see him walk between the two armored vehicles as their flashing lights illuminate him. We also hear a warning about trespassing from a loudspeaker, though it is not clear to whom that warning is aimed. The image freezes as a SWAT officer emerges from the roof hatch of one of the Bearcats and throws water down to an unseen individual. Prosecutor Thomas Binger pauses the video and points out the Bearcats to Detective Martin Howard, who explains that, quote, the Kenosha Police Department did not have a SWAT team, end quote, but that other government entities came to Kenosha to help keep the peace in the wake of the Jacob Blake shooting. Binger does not ask the detective about the images and audio from the video of the defendant and offers no suggestion of how that evidence might fit into his theory of the case. Instead, the prosecutor moves on to another video clip, this one recorded by Drew Hernandez, a political commentator and journalist with a conservative news outlet, Real America's Voice. Detective Howard explains that he discovered the video on Twitter as he was conducting his investigation, and that when he and Detective Antaramian interviewed Hernandez, they learned that it was recorded by a body camera warned by the commentator, and that it depicts the scene on Sheridan Road and 59th Street near the car source dealership. As the clip plays, we see protesters confronting armed individuals in what appears to be the parking lot of the car source dealership. We hear protesters taunting the group, saying, quote, you ain't no police, end quote, and implying that they are want to be cops. The individuals in the car source lot verbally respond, though it is unclear what they are saying. The clip lasts between two and three minutes, and toward the end, we see Kyle Rittenhouse briefly among the armed individuals in the parking lot. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. (laughs) 
Binger pauses the Drew Hernandez video, and rather than asking the witness any questions regarding this piece of evidence, instead the prosecutor asks the clip operator to play a segment from the recording by Corey Washington, the social media influencer who had already testified. Binger refers to Washington by his screen name, Corey Elijah. Detective Howard tells Binger that like many of the other clips, he found this video clip on Twitter. In the clip, Washington is interviewing Kyle Rittenhouse in front of the car source store on 59th Street and Sheridan Road. Washington is behind the camera and records Rittenhouse as he stands in front of the boarded up dealership building. The clip begins with Rittenhouse teary-eyed, claiming that he was just pepper sprayed by someone in the crowd, and then responding to a question about the nature of his ammunition. We're protecting from the citizens and I just got pepper sprayed by a person in the crowd. So you had non-lethal, but you, you didn't respond. We don't have non-lethal. So you guys are full and ready to defend the property. Yes, we are. No, if I can ask, can you guys step back? Medical. EMF right here. I'm an EMP. Prompted by Prosecutor Binger, Detective Howard explains that Rittenhouse was saying to Washington that all he had was lethal force, as distinct from non-lethal weapons like pepper spray, tasers, or batons. Binger moves on to a clip from an interview with Rittenhouse recorded by Richie McGinnis, a news reporter for the conservative Daily Caller website. The McGinnis-Rittenhouse interview is in the same location as the interview conducted by Corey Washington, though it is better lit and it is longer than the Washington clip. What are you doing out here? Obviously you're armed and uh, you're in front of this so, business we saw burning last night, so what's up? So people are getting injured and our job is to protect this business and part of my job is to also help people. If there's somebody hurt, I'm running into harm's way. That's why I have my rifle because I need to protect myself, obviously. But I also have my med kit. And uh, what about these other folks? Obviously, there's some other people who are armed Their as well. Their job is to protect me. Gotcha. And then uh, what about these guys up on the roof? Their right? job is to provide overwatch to protect me also. Gotcha. They're protecting everybody on the ground. We're protecting each other. Understood. And, and we're running medical, and we're going in, and we're getting people. And what about, are you, are you from the area? I am from the area. What brought you out here tonight? You just wanted to provide medical attention? Provide medical attention to the people that need it. If somebody's injured, like, you get hurt, I'm grabbing you. I got hit with plenty of, I'm getting hit with plenty of pepper balls, but, you know, as long as it's just bruises. Yeah, I got my, I got my mask, I'm good. And have you encountered any issues yet thus far with law enforcement or anything like that? We had a group earlier try to come and set a fire at the church. So we went to the church and we de-escalated the situation, telling them they need to leave or they will be detained if I'm arrested. This church right over here? That church right there. And we snapped the fire out all the way down at the school. Wow. And... What do you think it would have been different if the police had to try to stop them from, from setting the fire? I feel like there would be a lot more casualties and a lot more people injured. So I think the police are fine where they're at and that let us run the medical because EMS is not coming in. This is considered a red zone to the EMS fire. They are not coming in. Yeah. So us citizens, we need to help each other. Me and him are out here running and seeing if people need medical attention. But Speaking of which, we need to go check to see if somebody got hurt again. All right. Understood. If you want to follow us, you're fine. Yes, sir. Absolutely. As the clip stops, Rittenhouse and another armed individual walk away from the camera, south on the west side of Sheridan Road. 
Prosecutor Binger identifies the other individual as Ryan Balch. The clip begins again, and we see McGinnis walking behind Rittenhouse and Balch, continue to ask them questions. Rittenhouse then asks people that he passes whether they need medical attention, and we hear McGinnis asks if they are kind of like medics who are packing, as in carrying weapons. So you guys are kind of like medics who are packing, yeah, right? Basically. Well, he's an EMT, and I'm, gotcha. just, I'm just kind of protecting his ass. Oh, so you're a certified EMT? Yeah. Gotcha. And do you work as an EMT normally? I'm a lifeguard normally. I got my ALS and I got my Gotcha. Then I'm former Army Infantry and I got a whole bunch of trauma training for me. Well, thank you for your service. We got you if you get needed. I appreciate your service. Oh, yeah. It is difficult to hear, but Rittenhouse is saying that he is normally a lifeguard but has some sort of trauma treatment training, and Balch is saying that he is former Army infantry and also has trauma training. At one point, both men stop short as a projectile appears to land at their feet. They continue again and wave to police, announcing that they are medics, and then shout to ask whether anyone needs medical attention. They then encounter a young man with a fire extinguisher who claims to have been hit with a rubber bullet and says that it just stings a little bit. Towards the end of the clip, McGinnis starts to speak with a man wearing yellow pants who points at Rittenhouse and remarks that while this young man is out here offering medical attention now, a short while before, Rittenhouse was pointing a rifle at this man's chest at the 59th Street car source lot. Again, Binger does not ask Detective Howard about any of the content of the video or whether it prompted him to do any follow-up police work. 
Instead, he moves on to the next clip, which includes audio of the shooting itself and graphic video of its aftermath. We will pick up our examination of that video and Detective Howard's supporting testimony on our next episode. For now, that concludes this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. This episode was written by Dewana Spates. It was co-produced by Chris Terracone and Aaron Karenik. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. The episode was edited by Chris Terracone. Music for the episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse.